brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, McLean McGowan, and it is always a pleasure to be here with you, hoping that you are happy and healthy wherever you are around this great big world. And we are in June now. We made it through the eclipse portal. (laughs) Well done. What a portal the month of May was, truly. I'm still processing. I'm so excited to share this week's episode with Jen Spiegel of Becoming Iconic. She is a master coach, mentor, leader, and mother. And I was so interested and excited to have her on the show because... She really walks her talk, and to me, whenever I listen to her on the podcast or see her on Instagram, I just feel very rooted in her shares and in her guidance and the way that she shows up for her life. And we are in the same podcast agency, so she's been on my radar for a while now, and this was the perfect timing for us to sit down and have a chat. And it's so important to me in my own personal life and I hope yours as well, to really hear how women are doing their work and their careers when they're mothers. Because I think that's something that is really not talked about enough with entrepreneurship, if we run our own businesses, or even if we're working for other people, like how we do it, like what are the logistics? I need the logistics. I need to know what this looks like. Because we often only see the big wins and the seeming kind of overnight successes, even though probably they've been years or even decades long in the making. But as mothers, you know, our time is so limited. And I feel like it gives almost incorrect expectations when we never hear the behind the scenes, the backstory of like, how actually do you do this if you're mothering your kids? And If you're not mothering your kids, if you're not with your kids, then where are your kids? You know, like, what are your ages of your kids? Are they in school? Are you homeschooling? Are they with a nanny? Are they with other childcare? Are they in a pod? Like, I really like to know the logistics so I know I can kind of gauge, like, where I am and where other people are and just learn how other people are doing it. Because as we know, comparing really does steal joy, right? Like, compare and despair. And often on the little squares of Instagram or social media, we only see the highlight reel. So I really wanted to talk to Jen about that specifically too, of like, how, how have you done this? She has four kids. And for me, you know, this past year when we've been homeschooling, I really only had like one full day to dedicate to my work. And um, I had to maximize that. I've learned a lot. I've learned what I do like. I've learned what I don't like. It's been a big year of learning lessons, but anyway, I hope this interview will help you and shed light wherever you are on this life path of motherhood, because we are all truly in this together and we're learning from one another. And I really 
want to continue that and show up even deeper in that realm because, you know, really living in the divine feminine is flowing with the what is. It's feeling powerful. It's feeling intuitive. And we're sharing, you know, there's no more of that scarcity mentality. There's no no more of like, oh, I can't share this secret because then you'll steal it from me. Like that needs to go. All of that. That's all patriarchal. That's all turning woman against woman, mother against mother. And like, we're done with that, right? Like we don't need that anymore. Let's share, let's expand, let's elevate ourselves and one another. Because when we see another person do it, another woman do it, then we know that we also can do it. And that's why modeling is so important. That's why asking questions is so important. And each one of us will do it a different way, right? Because we all have different goals, challenges, skill set, variables in our lives, seen or unseen that we're all dealing with. But I really appreciated Jen. I really appreciated this talk and I hope you do too. I'm going to jump on in, but first I am pulling a Earth Warriors Oracle to set us up for this month as we walk into June. Abundance, Gemini energy, kind of processing and sitting with and marinating in what we've learned from the eclipse, what we allowed to die off, what we allowed ourselves to release and let go of finally. And now we get to step into this new, renewed, exciting, energetic space of summer. So I pull the card Ajna Durga, Power of the Good. You need never lose faith in the power of good. You need never lose faith in how much you can accomplish as an independent and inspired individual in this world. You need never believe that you are alone or without divine protection. You need never fear evil. The third eye of the Divine Mother sees all things, is ever watchful and ever just. She births through holy vision the manifest power of good in all realms. Her gaze is upon you now. Trust her. Believe in the power of the divine to keep an eye on things for you. Trust that power to alert you when you need to know something or to understand what is happening in your life and what you need, even if you aren't so sure of that yourself at times. Be active in contesting negativity. The moment you feel something isn't coming from love, acknowledge it immediately. You don't have to make it about you or analyze it. Use your divine connection to deal with it promptly and effectively. Call for divine support in all things. You will not divert help away from someone else if you ask for it yourself. When you allow yourself to be helped, this empowers your path, which in turn helps all beings. Divine assistance is always there for you unconditionally. If you are not thinking the best thoughts, divine support will correct your thoughts. Never hesitate to call for that support. It is your greatest ally. Give up your attachment to past experiences of rejection and abandonment so that you can open up to how much the divine loves you and can help you. Practice feeling the confidence and unconditional trust in a higher power, knowing it is stronger than all else. In the Hindu pantheon of divine beings, Durga shines bright as a powerful warrior goddess and protector of the good and true. She is the unified potency of all divine forces of goodness against negativity and evil. An icon for independence and divine power of the light, Durga is the solar mother who shines light, restores order, and protects the human soul by destroying impurities such as jealousy, hatred, anger, and selfishness. She is creative, inventive, responsive, and powerful. Once, a particularly adept demon looked like he was getting the upper hand in battle with her, so Durga promptly birthed Kali out of her third eye. Kali, the black goddess, ferociously destroyed the demon immediately. Durga is invincible one. The Sanskrit word Durga means fort, a place that is protected in battle and unable to be overcome. 
Durga's power animal is the tiger, indicating her unlimited power to protect virtue and destroy evil. She is bright, she is swift, she is unconquerable goodness. When Durga comes into view, you have been fighting against negative energies at some level of your being, whether obviously in the world or more deeply within your own soul. If you do not acknowledge this, you may fall prey to unnecessary confusion and self-doubt, believing that the issue is solely a psychological matter to deal with. Rather, it is a spiritual issue requiring divine intervention and protection, which is now offered to you. It is helpful to remember that evil is not about people, but about the forces that operate through them with ill intent. Durga is an inextinguishable light, and she is rising within you now. Her presence reminds you of the light that is divine and true and therefore cannot ever be subject to any lesser power such as hate, fear, jealousy, spite, or greed. No matter how intimidating an opponent or situation may seem, they are no match for the sacred rage of the divine goddess of light and justice who vanquishes the evil that haunts their souls and perpetuates distress. Durga is your ally, your divine weapon, your refuge, and your vital energy for sacred purpose. Do not allow yourself to be intimidated. You can be confident with yourself and go about your work. You need not explain yourself or justify your actions to anyone other than the divine in your own heart. Do not turn away from any obstacle. Believe in the power of the divine to clear the path for you, and the path shall be cleared. Believe that you are held in the fort of divine light. Let that confidence and trust in the divine godness of goodness radiate out of you like a shining sun that fills your heart, your mind, and your belly. If your confidence has diminished because of past attacks or encounters with those who are so toxic that they cannot or will not recognize the difference between constructive communication and verbal, emotional, psychic, or physical abuse, then take heart. You are blessed with divine intervention, protection, and healing. Your confidence and sense of personal and spiritual power shall be fully restored, and you will actually increase through this experience of healing. You shall discover the peace and confidence that comes from the realization that love can never be conquered. The healing process is to say aloud, Unconditionally loving light of Durga, bless my endeavors and relationships with your divine light and protection. Hold me in the fort of divine goodness where I am unharmed. Your beauty and truth shine light into any darkness, keeping me safe and blessed in grace. May your divine justice prevail. So be it. So trust, trust in the good of life within you and around you and stay in the light. Hope you enjoy this episode. As always, this is a co-creation and we are healing and we are thriving and we are rising up together. Jema. I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, I'm so excited to be here with you. I feel like this is going to be a really good conversation. Yeah. I do too. And thank you for saying yes, because it just felt so aligned. And like we were just talking before hitting record, one of the beauties of social media is connecting with other like-minded women, leaders, entrepreneurs that we can really connect to like on a soul level. And like you were just saying, which is really one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on the show is looking at people that are coaches, that are leaders and whatever they're doing and our mothers, because like you just so beautifully said, it's not talked about. And that is literally why I wanted to have you on the show, because you are killing it in the coaching game, in the business world. You're so, everything that you share just really touches me and elevates me because I feel like it's very clear 
which I like, I really like clarity and it's to the point. And mm -hmm. the fact that you have four children, which we have to discuss all of these things, like how you do all that you do. I feel like in my community, that is the biggest thing that comes up because that's why I'm a motherhood coach is because I'm helping women figure out after they have children, what they want to do with their lives and how they're going to do it, how they're going to meet those things. And I think, you know, in the quote unquote coaching world, it's so much about business, but then if you're not with your kids, someone else is with your kids and we're not talking about this, you know, and especially in Los Angeles where the wellness industry and all these things. And, you know, people look like they're just blowing up every day and so abundant and making all of this money. And it's like, great. And can we please discuss who's with your kids? How are you doing this? Like, what are the logistics? Because I think it's this gaping kind of wound for so many women that just think I could never do that because I'm homeschooling now, which personally I am, or I don't have a full-time nanny, you know, which is most of us. And so like, how do we do that? And I think it becomes so disheartening because we all have so much we want to share with the world. And then it's like, we get stuck in the logistics. Yeah, we, do. we don't have to. And I, before we even jump into that, I just want to say like your podcast, I appreciate again, how to the point you are. It's not an hour and a half. It's like 30 to 45 minutes. I can do it on a quick walk. And I just love how you bring so much in in like a concise way. And I was listening to one last night and the word, which keeps coming up, you know, it's so funny, like when a, a certain word or term just starts circulating in your own world and audacity. Mm. And I love that so much about like, have the audacity to live your dream, have the audacity to be who you are and like shine it for the world. And I think that's another thing where us moms get stuck. Cause right. We're like we're cooking, we're cleaning all day long. We're wiping bums. Like we're doing all the things and we kind of lose that. So anyway, I just threw a lot at you, but it all just really inspiring what you bring. Thank you. Yeah. But that all a lot that you just said is how we all feel all the time. Like that's yeah. what's swirling around in us and through us all the time. And so I appreciate you're bringing these conversations forward so that we start to realize how much we are alike versus all these ways we feel like we're different or we don't have, or she's lucky because she has this, I don't have this. Instead, I feel like when we actually have real honest conversation, we start to realize how similar we really all are. And what one person has Maybe you don't have, but you have something she doesn't too. And that's just the reality. I love where we're going to go with this. Yeah. And that's such a good point. You know, that compare despair, you know, comparison yeah. is a thief of joy is so true because, you know, we all know that we all see it, but we don't see it on the, on the outside, right. In the social media, it's like some of the people that on social media, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm judging my marriage against theirs or my career. I'm certainly judging against theirs. And then when you know them personally, you know, they're all these cracks and they're all these, because we're all human. And I just think we just need to know that, but we do. I mean, that's why we both have podcasts is like to talk openly. So we are all feeling alone. Like I get just as much medicine from doing my podcast as I hope the women listening get. And that was one thing that really struck me too, on the podcast to listen to recently. I mean, I listened to a lot of yours, but the one that came up is I too can get into that comparison and really what does success mean to me today? You know, because next week it can be something completely different. I already feel like I'm a different human than I was last week. You know, this eclipse portal too is so intense. I literally feel like a different human. So it's like every day, like what feels successful to me? Maybe today it's actually not doing any work and it's going hiking with my kids and at the beach and putting my phone away. Maybe another day it's really diving into work. So it's like, allowing ourselves to create the life we want to live. And 
I do believe that too, is like, we, we can't have everything all the time in equal proportions, right? Like that just isn't a realistic look at life. No. And that's one of the worst narratives we ever fell for was the term balance. I reject it in my life. And I really am an advocate for teaching women that this is exactly the thing that is making us feel out of balance is the chase and pursuit of feeling balance because it is impossible. It's not the way our world, our life is supposed to be, especially as moms, there is always something going on. There's a child who just fell and scraped his knee and a child who had a bad day at school or someone, you know, makes a noise when you're doing a podcast. I mean, we're juggling so many things. And so if we can just eliminate, and I always want to use the word eradicate this idea of finding balance and that we have to have equal parts, you know, our day has equal parts of business. And then we got to be mom for two hours. And then we've got to be wife for two hours. And then we got to look after ourselves for two hours. And if we don't make it equal parts, we're somehow not successful. I actually really love the idea of pursuing harmony and harmony to me is putting my head on the pillow and realizing I did the very best I could recognizing the areas where I'm like, Ooh, you know what? I didn't give that one child, maybe the attention that conversation needed, or I didn't feel connected to him or her today. I'm going to make sure tomorrow I do that. So it's just acknowledging those little tweaks And the next morning when I wake up, because I went to bed thinking about those things I want to do better, I wake up a better person. I decide, okay, I'm going to apply those things that I thought of. And it's not through judgment or shaming, which we can do so easily in motherhood. It's instead this beautiful evolution of our lives and realizing we're human, realizing today is going to have something else come in that's going to surprise us and it could delight us, or it also could shift us into something that feels anxious or out of balance, but these things are meant to be, and that is a life well-lived. And what I feel is happening is we have all these women, specifically moms who are paralyzed because they don't know where to spend their time and they're constantly in guilt and constantly shaming themselves. And it can lead into a lot of conversations I'd love to have with you of how that actually translates into the way they show up in their lives. But I would love the first message for you and I to get across to these women listening, this beautiful community is, can we just stop the pursuit of balance because we will never have it. And let's actually start living our lives, looking and breathing and being in harmony when we're in this moment right now on this podcast, you are the most important thing in my life right now. And I'm going to do my very best job to have a beautiful conversation. And when I close this down, maybe I'll walk out of my office and one of my children will need me, but that's what creates harmony is just being in the moment and then savoring every experience. Yes. So good. So beautiful. And it really always comes back to the present moment to be in the now. And then that creates our future always. And I think those of us that are doing this work now and really showing up in a new way, we are changing our lineage, right? So it's a lot because we're, we're bucking against our programming. And so already go you, everyone listening, like you're already doing a lot. With the rebirth of my own metamorphosis, the rebirth of the new year, springtime, moving into summer, I wanted to update everyone on the way that I'm working with people, with my clients. I am focusing now more on healing, healing the inner world and the outer world of our own womanhood and motherhood journeys. As we walk this path, we all need different things at different times. So one client that is trying to conceive is on a much different part of her path 
as a newly postpartum mom. And if you are interested in working one-on-one together, please reach out for a discovery call where we can see where you are, where you're wanting to go, and how I can be of support. I have so much knowledge within the birth world, within the postpartum world. I'm a certified nutritionist, yoga teacher, meditation teacher, hypnosis facilitator, Reiki practitioner. So I really like to use all tools to help you move through the inner and outer aspects of your healing. Um, I now am also doing frequency work, which is like a fast-tracked tool to help you really gain a level of change in the quantum field. It's pretty astounding. So I'm now adding that into my work, which I'm so excited about. So the ways that we can work together is one-on-one healing sessions, even as a one-off or within a container. And we would discuss based on each person. And then I'm offering, continuing to offer my mom club, which is an incredible membership for women on the motherhood path, whether you're wanting to conceive, walking through your pregnancy or newly postpartum, or have a toddler or a kid in grade school or even high school, you are welcome here. We ask questions, we share where we are, we share where we're going, and I offer my healing via that as well. It's a beautiful monthly membership. I also offer Sovereign Society, which is a sacred circle for sisters that are passionate about body autonomy and freedoms within us, how we are walking our path for ourselves and for our children. This is open to all women. You do not have to be a mom. You do not have to be a mother. This is for women that have gone through this past couple of years, this portal of time, feeling isolated, alone, judged, and this is a safe space to be and heal. And this is also a membership, so they're also supportive goodies and healing within the monthly membership. So please reach out. You can find all this information and more in the link tree in my bio on Instagram. And as always, I'm here for you. We are learning together. We are growing together. We are healing together and we are thriving together. Sending so much love out to all of you. Jayma. And then how do we take that guilt and shame off? Because I do think it's such an energy suck. And I think that is, especially if you're a mompreneur, entrepreneur, trying to start a business after having kids, coming back to your new self, you really have to pay attention to your energy leaks. Whose energy is taking yours? Where are you letting it go? A lot of times it's just because we're not conscious of it, right? But that guilt and shame takes so much of our precious energy. Like it's not moving the needle forward. So do you have top tips that you prescribe or that you love that work in your life that help you do that? Yeah, I do. I do two things that I've learned, and this is through mentorship and a lot of healing. I have a breath coach that I work with. I've worked with for years is a part of my executive team actually supports a lot of my clients and also me continuously. I just feel like she's just a part of my team because things are always changing and things are always bumping up against us. And breath work has been the most beautiful modality for my healing because I loved the completion of my work with her every single time. You breathe in what you desire. You're so in tune with your body. And you really do feel like you kind of put a period to the end of the statements that you were talking about. Whereas in therapy, common therapy, I would leave an office off at the time and all this like heaviness on my back. I wouldn't have closure. I kind of carried it with me out back into my life and I didn't love that feeling. So breath work has been really supportive. And the one thing she taught me about guilt was where does it 
come up in your body. So this is such a beautiful way for us to realize our emotions. And for me, it's definitely my tummy. My tummy gets full of butterflies. I kind of have that like excited feeling, but it's also guilt for me. And so when I feel that in my body, I can be like, Ooh, there's some guilt here. And then I ask myself why I've learned to have a childlike curiosity with myself and my feelings. And I believe that that has been one of the most supportive tools I've had for who I am and what I hold and the success that I'm able to continue to sustain is because I ask myself a lot of questions with a lot of grace. And so when I ask myself, why am I feeling this way? And it's like, Oh, you know what? You told yourself you wouldn't be on the phone when the kids got off the bus from school and you weren't an integrity, Jen, you were on the phone and you knew inside you needed to hang up, but you didn't. And you made that little, you know, self-betrayal, but then I, I don't sit there and, and wallow in that. Like I shouldn't have done that. I can't believe I did. Instead I go, well, what do I need to do differently? Well, you had the intuitive hit to close the conversation. You just ignored it. And this is how you felt on the other side. So what are we going to do differently next time? The other question I love asking myself is, is this in fact true? Is it in fact true that I neglected my children because they did get off the bus and I was on the phone? No. Is it in fact true that when they get off the bus, 99.9% of the time you have wide open arms and one of your favorite parts of the day is that you run to each other, them up the driveway, you down the driveway? Yes. Is it in fact true that if you explain to them that that was an important conversation, you apologize that you were on the phone when they got home, that they could actually understand and give you some grace? Yes. And all of a sudden that starts to dissipate. All of a sudden that feeling that comes up in my body starts to just go away because I'm sitting in truth versus stories and narratives that we've all been told. And I've actively participated in. And also, again, it's not always about finding the excuse. Sometimes it is about learning the lesson and then having the audacity. There's that word to actually apply the lesson and do something differently. Because if you keep doing something over and over again, you're not learning the lesson. And that is a mistake. That is something we can kind of get in that loop of, and you're choosing that. So it's conscious living and and that's not easy, especially as a mom, because we have very busy minds. So moments, glimpses, a breath in your day to just center yourself and be with yourself for a minute, regroup, and then face the day again. It really matters. It really matters. And something that is kind of newly awakened in me is I've always really been so turned off by the word victim and victimhood. And yet when I really kind of look at that work and taking the words away, I so see how I can fall into that. And so I think each person listening, this is different for you, but really taking ownership and responsibility for every single thing in your life. And that is a, can be a really hard pill to swallow, you know, whether with our marriages, our children, our current living situation, our work, but just really that kind of cliche phrase that life is happening for you, not to you, that actually serves me so greatly. I can kind of when I start to feel victimy, I can like immediately pull myself out and be like, okay, what is the lesson? Because I want to learn this lesson now. So I don't have to repeat it Yes, <laughs> because this doesn't feel good. So I want to move through it, you know, glean the nugget and move on. And I do think that's such a huge part of motherhood is just not to get bogged down because some days are hard, you know, but the, the more you connect to the hardness and the difficulty and your dreams aren't coming true and all of that, like that is not a fun life. So I mean, I think both of you, that's part of our work. And certainly I can speak for myself is that's why I wanted to become a doula. And then that's why I'm a coach. Like we are here to live our best possible lives and be awesome moms, enjoying our kids and having fun because that's what they're learning, right? We're modeling how to live. And I think 
that repair work is so important as mothers, like take responsibility, feel it. We don't have to be shame and guilt. Like we're already, most of us probably doing so much better than our previous generations, right? Already. Yeah. We're showing up. So just be like, wow, you know, I was really thinking last night when I went to bed, I didn't like how that conversation ended between us or, you know what? I feel like we need a date. Like, you know, I'm really noticing that with my two children, we, I need specific date time with them. My, my oldest one's becoming a tween now and it's really coming up for her. And so I'm like, great, let's just get that on the books each week. We're going to plan a special thing, you know? And so it's just being in the present of whatever stage of life your kids are in. And then that affects everything. And so I do think like, that's where also cycling back to what we we're saying earlier is just the success. Like what does success mean to you? Like for me, success is also in this stage of my life is happy, healthy children. You know, it may not be money right now. I mean, my goal is both, but just knowing the season we're in and acknowledging it and owning it. And then knowing, you know, a year is different from now, six months is different from now. So I want to really hear from you because you have four children. I have two and I already feel like maxed. <laughs> so how do you do four? What it like logistically? And then also maybe even before that, because we just jumped right in, give the listeners just like a little journey of your work and your coaching and your business. And then like how that has changed through motherhood as well. Like, how have you done this? Yeah. So I feel like I've been raising babies and raising businesses for the last 18 years. So my oldest is 18, which is so wild. (laughs) And I was really young when I had her. So my motherhood, she's very special and near and dear to me because I do feel like she gave me the space. Her name is Grace and the Grace to, to become who I meant to be in motherhood because it wasn't natural for me when I had her. I was very immature, young. I was still worrying about where we were going for the weekend. So settling down and being a mom was not natural for me. And I loved her, but she certainly gave me the space and the patience. I just feel like we have a really special bond. So I have an 18-year-old daughter, a 16-year-old son, a nine-year-old daughter, and a seven-year-old son. So girl, boy, girl, boy. And that comes from two separate marriages. So I was married to my first two's father, and we unfortunately couldn't make it work. And so through that divorce, there's a lot there in motherhood. And interesting part of my story is this is really where I started to fall in love with leadership because my first business that I grew was growing exponentially at the same time that my first marriage was falling apart. So the polarity of my worlds at that time was huge. And I also really learned to love polarities and welcome polarities because I just think that's what happens in a day is you can have the most exciting news (laughs) and then the most sad news, or you can have, you know, one of your kids having the best day of their lives while one is, you know, going through an argument with a best friend. I mean, there's all these things in life. And so this is what led me into leadership because it didn't lead well during that time. I really lost my sense of self. I um, had a lot of people finger point at me because of my success women around me who I expected would hold space and be really supportive and, and just be my backbone were the women who turned around and kind of had like, an I got you and sort of used my personal circumstance as their reasons, their excuses, and also a way of hurting me. So it was a very, very traumatic part of my life, to be quite honest with you. And I sort of sat there in victimhood. I too 
can really relate to what you said. If you said victim, like the idea of that just makes me go, no, thanks. I don't want to participate in that. But I actively did. I went down the victim mentality pit for a very long time. And the journey out of that is what led me into leadership because there was a lot of overcoming and a lot of healing and a lot of recognition of my personal responsibility in a lot of things, because it's really easy to blame. And I do want to talk about this, remind me with kids, because it's not an easy subject, but I feel really passionate about teaching it. But I was blaming a lot of my circumstances, the people around me, things that people were saying and using that as an excuse to not show up in my life. And so that journey out of it was what sparked in me these, this idea of our resilience that as women, when we look back at our journey and the things that we've overcome and the circumstances we have had and journeyed, we can look back at that as a poor me, look what happened to me, or we can look back at that and go, look what I did. Look what I've walked through. Look what I've overcome. And it builds this like structure in your body, like armor. You just kind of stand up a little straighter. You roll your shoulders back. You put your chin up and you think, if I can go through all those things and I have maybe not perfectly, but I've, I've survived and I've learned some things. I don't have to be so fearful about the things that are to come. I actually have some belief in myself that I can walk through the next thing. And I can maybe even do it a little bit more confidently than I have because I recognize my journey and what I've achieved. So that was this big shift. And then of course I found my current husband and um, we have a great marriage and we had two children together. So we blend the families. There's lots of family things that happen. It's not an easy road to have a blended family. It's not easy to be a step parent. It's not easy to co-parent. And the last two years has been one of the worst experiences co-parenting that I could have ever imagined. But on the other side of that as well is this realization that as a mom, The one thing I know is a must is how I hold myself accountable to the things I am responsible for, how I hold myself accountable to how I show up in my day, how I hold myself accountable to the way I react to things, situations, people. So that personal responsibility has led me into this journey of personal power. See, power before two years ago, I would have thought of that word and thought of like a power over If you said personal power, it was like, oh, you think you're more powerful than somebody else. And what I've learned and what I've realized is personal power has everything to do with how we feel within our bodies, how we feel when we communicate, the way we can greet people and meet people, the way we can stand in our strengths and do it with compassion, but also with conviction. And we really are the most beautifully created human beings. It makes me emotional. I I just got teary as you were talking, like that really hit me, what you were just Mm -hmm. saying, the accountability, because no one else can do you, but you, and to really own that, you know, I love the word sovereignty. That Mm -hmm. is a really queen regal. I'm standing here that, you know, that whole image that you just said, like the shoulders back, the heart open, yet you can't really mess with me if I'm just owning all my things, right? My thoughts, my body, my personal space, people can have their own projections, but it doesn't affect me because I'm in my ownership. And I love that you brought that up because I do think so many of us have gone through this major metamorphosis over the past two years in so many ways in so many unseen ways. But I mean, I completely am a different person in so many different ways. And it is that power that no one else can ever take from me because it isn't anyone else's 
business. It's my business, right? So <laughs> yeah, and it's so freeing when you know that and then you can trust yourself and yeah, I made a mistake, but it's okay because I'm back on this horse and I'm taking ownership of it and I'm fixing it or I'm learning from it. And it's almost hard to put into words what I'm trying to say, but it really is. Everything changes when you just own your journey. Mm-hmm. I'd like to introduce you to a brand that I'm working with called Bamboobies, which is your one-stop shop for postpartum boobs. They've got awesome nursing bras made out of eco-friendly bamboo rayon, that really soft bralette material. It has a little clip down so you can easily nurse out in public without having to pull your entire shirt up. I love these. They come in lots of cute colors. They also have these great washable, reusable nursing pads, which come in different absorbency levels, which I think is so smart. So depending on where you are in your day, knowing your milk flow, you might need different absorbency levels. And those are great because you can reuse them. They're not those throwaway ones that also don't feel good on your boobs. They have a great nipple balm, which is totally organic, meaning you don't have to wipe it off to feed baby. It's made of extra virgin olive oil, beeswax, shea butter, marshmallow root, and calendula flower. It's really light. I've been using it on my hands. I really like it. It feels good. This is just great to have. Nipple balm is a must for nursing mamas. Must, must, must. Have a couple. Throw them around different places in your house. Have one in the diaper bag. Have one in your purse. Keep one in your car. Never enough nipple balm. Then they also have a great all-purpose balm you can use on your skin, your hands, your boobs, your body, baby balm. Um, Also great ingredients. And then they have a couple of really cool drink options. They have a lactation support, which they come these cute little packets, really easy to keep in your purse, which can be added to nut milk, milk, water, smoothies. And it has a lot of fenugreek in it, which is one of the main galactagogues that we use to up milk production. So highly recommend that. And then they also have a morning sickness relief drink, which I really wish I'd had this with my first pregnancy when I was morning sick all day long, every day for seven months. This is ginger lemon and you just add it right into water, and it looks so yummy. It tastes so good, so easy to use. So I highly recommend checking these products out if you are an expectant mama or looking for any postpartum gifts for women in your life that you love. Check these out. I have a code for you. It's capital M-T-M, which stands for Mother the Mother, capital M-T-M, which gets you 25% off site-wide. So if you're looking to add your postpartum toolkit, check Bamboobies out. Like, like this essence, isn't yeah, it? Like exactly. Give off this essence of, well, I hope that I am the type of woman. One thing I desire and what I teach is this term peaceful confidence. And so I've sort of coined that term within my brand because I have a very clear vision of what that means. It's the woman who walks in the room and she's not the loud one that needs to have everybody turn their heads and look at her so that she feels validated. And you know, that to me is not confidence because you're yeah. needing people to validate you. It's not her. It's also not the woman who sits in the back of the room and says, oh, I'll let the other people have the seats up front. I'm just, you know, humility to the extreme and sits back and doesn't take up any space. Peaceful confidence to me and what I desire to be and body and also teach is a woman who walks into the room and her sheer existence speaks for itself. I picture her walking in a room where people kind of turn and like are looking out of the corner of their eyes at her because she just has this sound. 
And she sits back in her chair and crosses her leg. And I see her with her arm on the back of the chair, kind of dangling. And, and she smiles and she's full of compassion and she's full of gratitude and generosity. But there's also this feeling that you can know you can't shake out of her. I recently heard somebody and I wish I could give them credit. I can't because I can't think off of the top of my head who it was. But someone described it this way, and I thought it was such a beautiful description. They said, a woman, most of us feel like we need to be an egg where we have this hard exterior, but inside we're like just goop. So if you have a bad day or someone says something about you or one of your children trigger you, you just turn into goop. The egg cracks and you're just all over the place. Where a woman, what about if we wanted to be like a peach where we were soft and gentle and juicy and delicious on the outside, but inside and our core was this tough, hard type of, I guess, persona or soul that is so assured of who she is that it doesn't get pierced constantly. It's, it's almost like things bounce off of her. And when they described it that way, I was like, Oh, I love that because most women were the egg. We put on this posture of, I don't care what people think, but we truly do. And, you know, just takes one little small thing and we're broken and we're gooping all over the place. But a peach doesn't mind showing her softness, doesn't mind being even bruised because a peach can get bruised, but on the inside, she's so concrete and so steady and so sturdy in who she is that it just has this feeling and sound. So I I love the term peaceful confidence. I love that. I love that. And to me, my kind of version of that is the loving warrior. You know, that's what I really want to, it's very similar. And I love that image of that woman because I, I too, that's who I want to be. Like, I want to be the person that people can come to, but we don't spill everything. It's like contained. It feels very clean, good boundaries, like very regal, you know? And it's so interesting. I don't know if this ever happens to you, but some days I just always feel like I'm an 18 year old. I don't know if that's just a thing we all do, but sometimes I'm like, wow, it just like, will hit me. Like, no, I'm married and I have two children. I have this house and I drive a Volvo. And like, it's just so, you know, sometimes bizarre. And it's so interesting. It's like, I'm becoming the cool woman I want to be, you know? And I think it's so good for us to remember all the different parts of us. And then we get to become whomever we want to become each and every day, you know, and re and remake her. Mm -hmm. And I love that is your podcast name because it's like, it's, I love action verbs becoming Mm-hmm. you know, so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Becoming iconic was a really interesting story. Actually. It was, I knew I wanted to really solidify a personal brand and I knew I wanted a name beyond my own to have as, as recognition where someone's like, Oh, I know what that is because it was going to have multiple streams and multiple spokes. And mm-hmm. The word iconic just kept dropping in and I really didn't feel it. I was like, oh my gosh, like that just felt boisterous. I was uncomfortable. Who am I to declare iconic? I'm certainly not iconic. And so this feeling of of resistance was really strong and it just kept coming in and coming in. And I thought, how can I create some gentleness around this that makes me comfortable? This is really like selfish. It was all about me at this moment. I thought, because I have to soften this a little bit. And it was the word becoming. And when I tied those two words together, that felt really good. It was like the click of the seatbelt was like, like clicked in. But then I also realized that I needed to define what iconic meant because I, again, like all of us have been told, this is what's iconic, Oprah, Beyonce, they're icons. And I'm like, well, not necessarily because I knew a a friend who was an iconic stay-at-home mom. I mean, she was born 
to be a stay-at-home mom. She was so exceptional at it. So good. Her house was immaculate. It was her God-given gift, what she was meant to do. And I remember always looking at her with just these eyes of adoration, like, wow, you are so good at this. And that to me was iconic. So I thought it's not a role. It's not a structure. It's not the amount of commas in your bank account. It's not how many followers you have in social media. It's being the best version of yourself and pouring yourself into the things that are part of your life so that when you touch things, you leave them better than you found them. Love that. Yeah. That's a beautiful reframe. There's so many things I want to ask you. (laughs) So I guess nuts and bolts, like how are you working now? Because I know you've gone through many different ways and how did you structure that? So like, I mean, I know as you've built, it's probably been lots of different things, but did you really try to organize your weeks, your days when your kids are at school? Like Mm -hmm. how do people listening kind of start their journey or reaffirm their journey? Yeah, that's a great question. I love giving tactical tips and podcasts. I think it's so nice to feel attached to someone's story and the commonalities, but I also love giving some really great value. So thanks for asking that because there's some, maybe I'll call them three things that come up for me that someone could apply right away into their business, their life, their motherhood that could totally change everything. And they're so simple, but they make the world of difference. So the first thing it kind of plays off of what you spoke about earlier is every one of my children have their day. So whatever day they were born on, we declare it that day. So Gracie, for example, was born on the 13th. So the 13th of every month is Gracie day. And that day she gets to choose whatever she wants. And I've been doing this since they were little and they look forward to it. So she's 18 and still says it's Gracie day today. So don't forget to ask me what I want for dinner or whatever it is, but it can be food. It can be, you know, they want an experience. It could just be one-on-one time. But I found as a mom of four to say every single week, I was going to do something with someone that was pretty much a week and I wasn't consistent. So I was also pulling back on my word and that didn't feel good because trust in my relationship with my children is really important to me. So that once a month felt like something I could bite on and then anything extra was extra and it works beautifully. So it's just a great way to celebrate them and also let them feel like they have your utmost attention at one day, every single month. So it's like a birthday every month. It's fantastic. It's one of my best practices. I highly recommend it. The second one is if you have smaller kids, so my kids are kind of outgrowing this, but when they were smaller, this worked really, really well. And I know a lot of my clients love this as their best practice is I got myself an hourglass. So you can get a really pretty one. You can go to Amazon or there's lots of different places you can get one. And when I would work and my kids were home, I would have a treasure chest of games or books or crafts or something that they didn't get their hands on any other time. And if I knew I needed to do some calls or some focused work, I would open that treasure chest. They would be able to pick an activity or something they were looking forward to. And I would flip the hourglass over and I would say, I need an hour just an hour of really that time and space. And when they're really young, it takes some practice. So be patient with it. This is not something you do once and then they get it. It's, it's holding the boundary and teaching and practicing the boundary, but eventually became something really easy in our home. And here's the thing though, that's really important is when that hourglass runs out of sand, that you actually stick to your end of the bargain and you stop what you're doing and you go out and be with them again. Because if they say, well, you always say that mommy, but you don't do what you're said you're going to do. Why would they do their part of that boundary? So 
it's really important as moms, we also follow through on the things we say we're going to do. And that built a lot of trust in my home. That was something and a tool that I swear up and down will work beautifully to give you concentrated time and also fun for your kids that they have something different to play with for that one hour and just stick to your word. And then the third one is maybe for someone who's listening in, who has children that, you know, the hourglass wouldn't work anymore. Maybe they're a little bit older, like mine. I find I love really condensing my schedule. So time freedom to me is such a misunderstood term. I think a lot of people who start entrepreneurial journeys or who hear the term just in, you know, working a corporate job, we translate that to meaning we have nothing else to do. Time freedom is like having nothing to do all day. And you put your feet up or go to the beach or it's not what time freedom is at all. Time freedom is the ability to curate your day the way you desire for it to look like. It's the freedom and flexibility to design your day. It's not freedom that you don't have anything to do. It's just how does that all fit together as a puzzle that day? And so sometimes people find that they work really well jumping back and forth. I don't think most of us work well that way. I think multitasking is one of these <laughs> terms we've fallen into where we think that we're great because we can multitask, but are we really doing a great job when we're trying to spread ourselves across multiple things? I don't think so. So I love condensed time and I've really developed time freedom in my life because if you looked at my calendar, I have these chunks of time where I work and I play and I work and I play and each day is dedicated to a, a different activity. So for example, Tuesdays are my podcast days. So I don't wake up thinking, got to get the kids to school, get on a call with a client. Okay. Record a podcast then you know, get on my DMS and, and reach out and, and meet. Like I'm not doing that. I wake up on Tuesday and it's a dedicated podcast day. So it's how can I elevate the podcast? What do I need to record? What guests do I get to record with? And so I feel like I generate space. Yes. And with that space, I don't have the feeling of overwhelm because I'm not trying to juggle all things in one day. And because I give them that dedicated focus, they get done really, really well. And that's another way of really building trust in yourself and confidence. When you do something, but you do something really well and you're proud of it. Ah, oh, that feeling it's like gives you energy for days. So again, like, what are we trying to fit into our schedule and why are we trying to fit it all at once? Instead, what like bite-sized pieces can we create in our day so we can come in, go out, come in, go out. And that works really, really well for me. I love that. Yes. Same. But doing that is like changed my energetics so much. And I think that's, you know, circles back to the balance or that balance is just a facade and a fraud yeah. because mm -hmm. it's like over the week, yes, there's balance, you know, over the month, there's some balance, right? Cause it's different each day. It's kind of like feeding toddlers. It's like, you know, you, you keep offering <laughs> enough fruit and veggies and good protein and like good fats, like by the end of the week, they're, they're settled, you know? <laughs> so I do think that's really a great tip. And when you, do you still do one-on-one -on -one coaching or do you mostly do groups now? What does that look I, like? Yeah, I savor one-on-one -on -one coaching. That is very sacred to me. I'm not one of those coaches who is looking to make more and give less of myself. I, I don't agree with that in the coaching industry. And that's one of the reasons I have a big voice in the industry and why I stand in it, but I also will lead it. I'm really tired of people being taught that you give less of yourself, but ask more of the people coming into your world. That's not how relationship, that's not how success, especially longevity is built. Your reputation and how people feel around you is so invaluable. And I just see a lot of coaches going, how much can I charge with for as little time as humanly possible to give people this? I just don't work that way. Yeah. I would rather have less clients and such high quality and such big results that I have a wait list than, you know, people feeling like it was okay. 
So I do do one-on-one coaching and I just, I love it. I love my partnerships. I love my clients and we, we go deep. I also do do some group coaching programs for sure. Cause there's people out there who either don't feel ready for that type of capacity and proximity or really love groups. Like some people just thrive in that kind of setting. So I definitely open myself up for that. I have programs launching all the time. And then I do have one of my favorite containers. I don't like calling it a container. Yeah. Let's call it an experience because that's, that feels much more true to who I am. One of the experiences I love is called the iconic experience, ironically enough. And the iconic experience is coming in and being a part of a group, a community for an entire year. So they get to come into all of the programs that I put out into the world. They just get to say yes to themselves over and over and over again from just one yes at the beginning, but they also create this beautiful community and collaboration. So we have monthly masterminds and Voxer group. And right now they're all holding each other accountable to five joys proclaiming and doing five joys every day. So it's holding them accountable to that. So it's been really great. So there's lots of ways. I love being available to the way that feels right for somebody coming in my world versus forcing them into a way that doesn't, because I just want to have lifetime, lifelong relationships. I love that. Yeah, I agree. And I love the one-on-one too. You know, so many people in the coaching world, it's just like, it's only expanding into these massive groups. And just for me, that just doesn't align because I love the one-on-one. So how do you schedule that? So, you know, cause I just think I need to know logistics. And so I think a lot of my <laughs> community does too, cause that's what we talk about a lot is do you just look at your month and like, okay, these days I'm going to take this amount of clients per day on the, these hour blocks or like, just take us through just a little bit of that logistical of your life. Sure. Well, the first thing anybody would have to ask themselves is what can I hold? Yeah. You know, cause we don't want to say I can have 10 one-on-one clients and then we become resentful for the time and the energy. I mean, you know, you do one-on-one, that's a huge expenditure of energy. And so we cannot be where we're holding resentment because we didn't schedule ourselves properly and intentionally. So the first question I would ask myself, and I have asked myself is what would feel really good? What would feel a stretch for me? Because I always love the stretch, but enough that I'm always really joyous in every single call that I can give them the best of me, not these leftover pieces. And so that's the first thing I would do. The second thing is I have back-to-back coaching days. So Wednesdays and Thursdays are dedicated to one-on-one clients, private clients. And I wake up on Wednesdays and I pray and think about each of those beautiful heartbeats I get to touch that day. And I'm very intentional with them. I have a sauna in the morning when I'm drinking my coffee. I just think about them. So I come into those calls with this really big, beautiful, open heart, open armed conversation with them. And because I'm not thinking about the podcast, because that's already been done. And because I'm not thinking about administration, because it's on my Monday. And because I also know that I have my kids looked after. So that's another little tip actually is I have support through my mom. My mom's a great supporter. If it's not your mom, who can it be where you have somebody on call? Meaning if one of my kids are sick, my mom sort of knows on Wednesdays and Thursdays, she's, she does her own thing. She's not sitting, sitting back waiting for my call, but if I were to call her, she's like, I've got those days fairly open. I could cancel what's on my calendar and come up and help you. That's been a huge support for me because there are times where you, you have them when they're younger and they're sick and to do a one-on-one call. And then, you know, we're doing a one-on-one call feeling guilty because we're not with their kids and then feeling guilty with our client because we're kind of, you know, in two places at once, who can you have as a support person to call on? And if you have a schedule, it's really nice. And I think it really edifies the person to say Wednesdays and Thursdays are kind of those days I could use help versus can I call you anytime? Well, that's a lot to ask of someone. 
So I love that. And I do love Wednesdays and Thursdays. This is another just tip after 16 years of doing this. There's something really beautiful about a slow entrance into your week as an entrepreneur. This Mondays are my CEO days where I I don't look at anybody else's business, not my clients, not anything. It's a pour into my business first. So everything is done on the back end. I write my emails. I write my captions. I meet with my executive team. I'm doing all the things for the business. So it's looked after. So I can kind of go into my week and say, now, who can we greet? Who can we meet? What can we do? And so because I've done all of that on Wednesdays and Thursdays, I have that room to be able just to be with others. And then I love Fridays as the me day. So I close my week soft as well, where I just ask myself every Friday morning, what do you feel like? And sometimes I feel like a massage. Sometimes I feel like a walk. Sometimes I feel like just a long lingering morning. Sometimes I feel like reading a book and sometimes I feel like doing some work, but I ask myself what I feel like. And that's a really fun treasured day for me. And then Saturdays and Sundays are obviously all about family. Mm, I love that. Thank you. It's really helpful to hear that. And I think that's just knowing the season you're in, right? Like I, I'm really realizing like next year, cause I've been homeschooling. That's like a whole other just yes, portal of not having much yes. time, but even next year. So we're doing kind of like hybrid homeschool. I mean, it is kind of a homeschool, but it's a micro school. These things that are popping up now. So yes. I'm like, maybe two days a week, I hire someone to do pickup because that's kind of not the best use of my time every single day, you know, where I could book two other clients during that time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I think it's just, kind of knowing the season you're in, honoring it. Because I think as moms too, it's like, we're so judging it and overanalyzing and thinking about it. And like, we go so spiral when mm-hmm. really it's just like, we need some more support. Yeah. Like, cause we can't do it all. And so yeah. yeah, if you're doing driving and pickups each time, twice a day, like you can't be doing something else during that time. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of people actually, I just had two clients last week, reach out to me and they said, you know, Jen, I know you have all these people doing your social media and doing everything for you in the back end, And like, you just have to show up. So, but I don't have that. And I've got these kids at home and one of them is homeschooling and they're like, I don't know what to do. And it's really interesting to the assumptions that can happen. Cause I had to correct them. I said, actually I do all my social media. I write like, that's me. Cause I just, I love it so thoroughly. Yes. I have a VA that does some of like the back end work of my podcast. We have the same podcast company that looks after the editing and all that stuff. Thank God for that. But my team isn't huge. I'm not sitting back, you know, enjoying my day while everybody else is, is showing up for Jen. Like I, yeah. I signed up for a personal brand because I want to build a personal brand. And again, if someone chose is different, I'm not judging that this is just my decision. And it was just two months ago that I actually hired someone to help me around the house to clean the house. And she comes every Monday. And I don't say this as a martyrism. I just say it because sometimes we assume someone who has success has all these helping hands. And because we don't, we can't. Well, uh, this is actually going to lead me into the, the message I really wanted to bring. That's a little triggering, but I think important. I built businesses, cooking, cleaning, driving, you know, nursing, birthing, all the things. And you are right. There's seasons. I also did have a very supportive husband second time around who was hands on deck when it came to my children. That was really important in my second marriage and my mom. So I've had helping hands, but I have not had someone running everything for me. I don't have a nanny, never had a nanny. And I don't say that to be like, look at me. I'm just saying that to say, what if we started to use the term I get to? 
like, oh, I get to put my kids on the bus. Not I have to get the kids on the bus first before I can do my social media. See how the difference in energy and the tone. It's like I have to, I have to, you know, be home with my kid that's sick today. And now I can't do my calls or oh wow, because of the choices I made, I get to be home with my child today who's sick and change my schedule. It's a totally different perspective that serves everybody and most of all yourself. But the thing I really feel passionate about sharing today, if I may, and I hope this is okay because it is a call out, but it is coming with so much love. And I I hope that your audience is feeling that through me. And if they don't know me, please know that this is so genuine and pure. And it's from the most deep of my soul. It's, It's with so much love, but We as women throw our kids under the bus all the time as our excuse for not fulfilling ourselves and our dreams. And it's so easy to do. And this is where I know it's triggering because we want to say, yeah, but you know, we want to interrupt this conversation. I'm sure you're listening going, but you don't. And I know I don't understand your situation. I know I'm not living your life, but I had this realization early on when my two were about five and seven, where I thought, I don't ever want to look at them and say, I didn't do the things I wanted to do because of you. I don't ever want to look at them when they're older and and them say, mom, like, what did you always want to do that you never did? And I say, well, I always wanted to have my own business, but I didn't do it because I wanted to be your mom first. How can I project the things I didn't do and, and follow through upon my children? I don't want them to carry that. The only result of that discussion will be guilt on their behalf. And them feeling responsible for me not being fulfilled. I will not have that. My children will not carry that burden because that is my burden to carry if I make those decisions. So instead of using our kids as our excuse, and again, I understand because it is exhausting and tiring and full of turns and twists and all the things. What if instead we asked ourselves to use them as our very reason why? to show them what we're made of, to show them what capacity means, to show them what resilience looks like, to show them what compassion looks like, to show them what a life of fun and excitement and play gets to look like. And it's not perfect, but I'll tell you, I have four kids who I feel are the most tenacious human beings I've ever known. And I don't take full responsibility, but I take partial because they've been brought up in a home where they hear their mom every single day, edify other women, pull them out of a victim mentality pit and and think about vision and think about what they can do and empowerment. And the conversations they listen to have changed them. It's not sitting around the dinner table talking about the traffic and, you know, this person at work today and, and these, these victim conversations, it's instead been, what can we do about that? How can we change this? It's just this radical responsibility in our home. And so I feel compelled to share that message because I think a lot of us as moms need to hear it. I think we've been using our children as our excuse to not stand fully in who we are. And I wonder if today we could just make a bit of a shift and change away from that. Thank you so much for that. I wholeheartedly believe everything you just said and aspire to it. And I really feel like we have soul contracts with our children. You know, this is all some amazing divine plan. And so we're here doing this work with our children. Like this is not an accident. And I do think too, it's like, if you do get into that victimhood and blaming of space and time and all of that, that, you know, getting that negative spiral, those are great signs that something's not working. So looking at, okay, how can I create the life I want to be living? Because that's what we're here to do. And I think that's just such a beautiful reframe because, you know, 
we need to be doing everything to bring these kids up and elevate and be growing happy, healthy humans. And especially after these couple of years where there's been so much fear, there's just been so much negativity. And yeah. I don't know about you, but I feel like a, like a care bear. It's just like, <laughs> as people go lower, I'm just like, boom. like, I'm just like more light, higher, not listening, you know? So thank you for bringing that up. And yeah, I can really only be around other moms now that are based in solution because mm-hmm. guess what? We all can sit around and complain. We all have lots on our plates. We all have lots of obstacles, but unless I'm around people that are actively moving forward and high vibing, I just, I can't, I don't even have the bandwidth anymore. I just no. literally don't have the space. The tolerance <laughs> gets lower and lower and yeah. lower. And it's not from judgment. I think you and I both no, agree on that. It's, it's just like, like I love you, but I just, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I've, I've graduated from that class. Mm-hmm. I'm over here now. And I do really believe as moms, we can hold each other also more accountable. Mm-hmm. Like this is another message probably that just we could have is when we're in that mentality of overwhelm and well, that's nice for you, but I can't, what do we do is we find people who either let us relax in that. So they're like, yeah, you know what, Jen, you really do have a full life. I'm like four kids. That's way more than me. I, you must be so tired. So you have those friends who just, you know, feel like that's a way of serving you. Or you have people who are like, yeah, me too. And my husband doesn't help enough either. And, and so these are the conversations. What is coming from that? I mean, what good is coming from that conversation? None. Instead, it just solidifies us and like grounds us more into these feelings of how we can't versus being around a table. I love being around the table of women who I feel like, oh boy, I got to sit up a little straighter here because I feel like I'm out of, (laughs) I am like the one that's, you know, misplaced at this table, but I love what that does for me. I love how it brings me forward. And you don't obviously have that every day, but I do think it's something we can, we can seek and find and really nurture and activate within ourselves and the, the relationships around us. Most of you probably know by now the products that I use and love, but for reference, you can always go to the show notes to find the discount links and codes for all of those. The Healy is the frequency device that I'm using that has literally changed my life within a month using it. If you want to schedule a call to discuss that, um, there's a link for that. And there's also a link to the website. And if you have any questions about that, please reach out. I'm happy to chat about it. DM me on Instagram at Mother the Mother. I have Organifi products discounted. I love personally the green juice and the red juice for myself and my kids. This is Needed is a great company here in Los Angeles for prenatal and postpartum supplements. It's a woman-owned and run company, and I really love their products. I love their collagen, and I love their prenatals, which you can take prenatally and postpartum. I have a code for that. See in the Moon is my all-time favorite body scrub. It smells so good you want to eat it, as does the body scrub. I use the oil on my full body, sometimes my face, my hair. I love to use it on my hair ends, the split ends, and I use it on my kid's skin too, and they love it. It's light, and it absorbs so quickly, and it smells like summer. It's so yummy. It's made here in Malibu by my good friend Carson Meyer, also a birth doula. And then Bambooies is a newer product that I am loving. They have tons of products, actually. Um... This is great for you new mamas or expectant mamas that are planning your postpartum time, or if you are already in your postpartum time, they've got great bras, great nipple balm, great teas to promote lactation that are super easy to use and hydrating. 
they have a ton of products so there's a link for that as well so please check out if you're wanting to add any of these to your lifestyle and I'm also happy to chat about them sending you love Jema. Yes, let's hold each other accountable. I remember yes. a guest I had on here. She's, she said something that was so great. She's like, you know, when I'm talking with a girlfriend going through something, she's like, I give her four minutes, you know, like to vent, mm-hmm. to get it out. Cause we do need that too. Sometimes we just need yes. to let it out. So it's not spilling over on our partners or our children. And then it's a wrap up. I hear you. Thanks for sharing. Let's get into the positive mindset now. You know, and I was like, that's such a beautiful practice that we can have friendships where, because when my friends do that to me, I'm like, oh, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I was just going down a spiral. Thanks for pulling me out. I needed that, you know? (laughs) So it's really refreshing. And I think that's what's such a great gift about aligning with people that really spark our joy is we get to rise up with them, with each other, you know? So one thing I wanted to circle back and maybe you covered it, but you told me to remind you is blame with kids. That was what I wanted to say, okay, just using right. them, blaming them and using them as our excuse to not live all yeah. out, yeah. seeing and seeking and being all of ourselves and how that actually does create the best mothership. It does. It's just such a beautiful example. So we got to be very careful about using our kids, their age, their needs, mm-hmm. what we believe motherhood's supposed to look like, all those things. Comparison, we got to be really careful that we're not allowing those things to lead our families and instead we decide I'm going to be all of me because not only is that going to create something beautiful in this body, but by doing that, I am going to be the most exceptional example and mom to you. And that to me is the the standard that I care to participate in and, and be in. And yeah, I, I just think we need to be very careful. I agree. And for those in my community, because a lot of my community is here in California, and mm-hmm. I just want to kind of underline this is due to a lot of outside reasons and our leadership here and different laws and such, a lot of us are seeking life outside of the system. We're homeschooling and it is a, it's a huge other layer and level. And I just want to speak to you moms listening that it's all available. And the beauty is we get to create these really cool communities. Like our communities have just multiplied in ways I can't even fully even verbalize. And with the homeschool and all the lessons I've learned this past year, well, a couple of years, but especially this year on this point is I've realized I did have some resentment sneaking in. I did start getting frustrating. If we were, my oldest and I were kind of getting frustrated on a certain topic and like, she's writing a short story and getting frustrated. And I'm getting frustrated because I'm like, I could be doing two clients right now. And so that's on me. Right. And so I now have set up next year to look a little bit differently where she's going to be at a homeschool space for three days a week. So I do get those work days. So just to offer their limitless ways that we get to do motherhood and Mm -hmm. looking outside of the box, if you're feeling trapped, there are ways that you could untrap yourself. You can detrap yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I love that message because some of us felt, I know I did 18 years ago that to be the epitome of a good mom is to leave your job and stay home, which I did. And I lost myself in that. I mean, that is not what I was designed to do exclusively. I am grateful that I've been a work from home mom for 16 of those 18 years, but 
to be exclusive to my children, it wasn't healthy for me. I lost myself completely, but then there are some people that that is their home. That is exactly what they're called into. It's just like breastfeeding or giving a baby a bottle. Being a great mom is deciding what works for you and how you can show up fully for your children in the now. That is making a great decision for you and your kids. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. And I wish somebody had told me that 18 years ago, because I was trying so hard to look the part. And in doing that, I lost myself. Yeah, we get to create it. We get to create the rules. I know we've we're come up on an hour, but really quickly, I just want to, because I think this is such an, an important thing. Do you have time for a couple more minutes? I do. Okay. Yeah, I do. Something happened to you, which is a lot of our biggest fear or one of them, aside from like catastrophe is you lost your Instagram account and you were just this like magical butterfly coming up from those flames. So can you just touch on, I mean, I know you've done some podcasts on this, but can you just touch on what that was like and how it affected your work and your growth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what, if you don't mind, I'll tell your audience, they could check out the entire story on the podcast, becoming right. iconic yeah. masterclass. There's one done. I think it was February, but they'll see it. It's very, I think it's called shifting the paradigm in social media or something. It's obvious. So the full story is there, but to give you the high level overview, I lost my social media, both Instagram and Facebook actually. So tens of thousands of followers and 16 years of, oh gosh, like a journey a journey and it happened very quickly. And I know it's happening for a lot of people. I still don't know what really happened. I can't tell you I did this and this is what happened. I still don't know how it all came to be, but it came to be. And I would love to give some of your listeners just some tactical tips because I think this is really important. I wish I had known this. Number one is do not have your Instagram and Facebook connected. So, you know, when you post on one, it automatically posts Mm -hmm. on the other. Oh yes. it takes up a little bit more of your time to repost or reframe, to go over on one or the other, but it is so worthwhile because as I was chasing on Facebook, trying to get my Facebook back because they were linked, I lost five accounts over on Instagram. I wasn't even thinking about Instagram. So that was a shame. And I wish I'd known. The other thing I wish I would have known is there is no department, no support. There's no such thing in meta to help someone who has this happen to them. So the amount of wasted hours, energy, energy, begging the universe to help me find the person. And and for the emails, there was hundreds and hundreds of emails sent to their email address to then find somebody who works for Meta to say, there's just no such department. There's no such thing. So I wish I had known that because what energy could I have held in? What could I have done? You know, I just would have saved myself a lot of heartache, I think. And that feeling of like, what should I do? I just didn't know what to do. I would have probably started sooner. And the other thing too, is through great trauma and catastrophe, because that's what it felt like come some of the biggest blessings. This has been the biggest blessing of my entire career. Ah, like, and that's the, the part of me that hesitates in that is it sounds so cliche and it's like, oh yeah, here she goes with some positivity, but I have to give you the examples for you to really hear this and understand this. It was 16 years So there's a lot of history, a lot of things that are expired, portions and versions of me that don't fit anymore, but you could have scrolled to see. It felt like I closed the book. It wasn't just a chapter. I felt like I closed the first of a series and I reopened a new book and it really led me into some beautiful self-actualization and creativity. And if I have this fresh start, 
what is it I stand for? What do I want to really hone in on? And how do I want this to be seen and felt and heard? And so it really got me like, I want to say like tightened up in my messaging and what my vision of becoming iconic is. So that hiccup, that big inconvenience ended up being the biggest convenience for my brand because I'm actually at just this week launched an entire rebrand going into the essence, the vibe, the energy, the look, the feel, the words of who I am, because I realized as well, I was trying to fit into the coaching industry. And that's not easy to admit to as one of the high level coaches in the industry. You're like, what, you know, you what happens to the best of us where we slip into these boxes because as women for so long, that was our comfort zone. That's what we knew. That's what we were very good at. And so it still comes up where I realized I had gone into that box and was again, fully participating because I have to always take responsibility. And so now I ask myself, well, what if I don't have to fit into any industry? What if I get just to be myself and declare what this looks like for me and realize the right community will be attracted? And it really does bring you back into gratitude every time somebody follows and just like, ah, oh, that was a decision they made. They saw something here and they chose to say yes and be a part of this. And that is such an honor and a gift. And you realize it's not about followers. It's about heartbeats. And if we actually treated people like that, what could we create and what kind of ripple effect could it have? Thank you so much. That's really inspiring. And really beautiful that we all have the opportunity to rebirth and change because I do think it's like when you're on something that's working, it's really hard to get off that train, even when you feel like something inside of you has evolved. So mm -hmm. that's just such a beautiful example. And, and also, you know, change is difficult within ourselves and also in each other, you know, like it's really interesting to witness that in myself, seeing someone changing on their journey. I'm like, well, wait, but I know her from this way. And it's like, yeah, but awesome. She's changing, you know? So it's, mm -hmm. It's such a reframe on all sides. So thank you for sharing that. And the podcast on that, that episode is really beautiful. And I urge everyone to listen to that because we're very dependent on these things. You know, I mean, I definitely have that story. Like Instagram's my main way to reach people. And it's like, well, that's sad, you know, because I really hope that I'm reaching people in my day to day too, right? Like that they feel better when I'm around them or mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it's just, it gives pause to really think about these things. So thank you. It really does. I feel like you are just really walking your talk and that's so beautiful to see in a leader and thank you for all that you are and all that you share. And your podcast is, I think, such a beautiful space for us all to be gleaning real knowledge in real time. And that's something I also want to just offer the, the community is there's so many free resources. I mean, that's why I do this podcast. It is, you know, these are big investments that you and I are both making to do a podcast. And so we want to do that because it's a free offering. And there's so many ways that we can educate ourselves constantly without hiring a coach. Like it's comes back to that self-responsibility. And then when you're ready to make that leap, when you're in the season to make that leap, then you go for it when you can. Yeah. And I just actually did that in my stories today because I feel like we've as a whole have slacked a little bit in our generosity and our promotion and our care, because I don't know, people don't know what they don't know. And they don't realize mm -hmm. the time, the finances, like our own family finances go into creating yeah. this podcast for free. Yeah. Like we are taking our family money and investing this into you listening right now. Like you get this for free, but this is not free for us. And it's lots of energy and contemplation and nerves and all the things that go into creating just one podcast 
podcast, never mind when you have more than one. And I, I want to actually, if you don't mind, I'd love to call us all to action that we start being more generous in, first of all, our intentions around these things. These are available to us. And are we getting lazy in our routines that we're not tapping into this amazing podcast you're doing once a week and, and learning from experts. I mean, this is incredible. And then also helping us promote it. When you promote a podcast, you could not say a bigger thank you and it could not be more well-received from a podcast host. It is the most beautiful gift and it takes a second, but it makes a really big impact for those of us who are behind the camera here, pouring ourselves out, hoping that this touches someone. And if it touches someone and we hear about it, it's like, oh, okay, this is for something because it is a little bit lonely podcasting, isn't it? We don't have yeah. an audience in front of us nodding their heads or saying, I've got a question or this was amazing. You know, it's a stage yeah. with no one. It's, it's empty seats. And so it's just a really beautiful thing. Could we all, myself included, be better at promoting, sharing, thanking, being generous with these types of tools that are given to us through someone like yourself? Yes, thank you. It's such a beautiful reminder because I too can be doing more on, you know, on the podcasts that bring me joy. And it is true. Sometimes I'm like, I'm just in a vacuum talking about something that I hope is bringing content to people. And I know it is because I get that feedback, you know, but you're like, yeah, it is the balance of receiving and giving. And I think all of us, that's just something as women, especially we tend to be over givers. You know, we were kind of programmed that way. So it amplifies in your own life when you give and receive equally, mm -hmm. especially for a free service. And that's something too. I mean, we can talk about so many different things. That's something in women's work that I, as I've gotten older, have really participated in more instead of like, oh, I get a deal from someone or I get a deal from my friends. Like, no, I want to pay my friend full price. Yes. Because I know how worth it yes. she is, you know? And when yes. we do that, we do get it back. Mm -hmm. And it's um, like, we had workmen here yesterday and I was just like, I'm so grateful. I'm actually going to overpay them and I'm going to give them all awesome tips because they just did this work that was so beautiful and in integrity and something that was very meaningful and important to my family. And when you give like that, when I have the cash and you can bless the cash and give it to people and know it makes a difference in their lives, it's really beautiful. It is. And it I think is. we take it for granted, you know, yeah, and do. I do the same when I receive a check, I put it on my altar. I bless it. Thank you. I, I received this, you know, and, and I do think those are great practices just for everyone to bring in. It just makes you happy. Amen. Amen. That's so good. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I, I, I could keep talking to you forever. So you maybe know, I have like maybe. all these things. Oh, but this. <laughs> so I agree. Yeah. I think we could have a really long conversation, but this was really beautiful. And I I'm really grateful. I have to just say of you inviting me here because I've realized I haven't had many conversations with other mompreneurs out there in a while before we hit record. And I know you said at the beginning, but I realized all of my mentors who I've hired in the last year and two are not moms. They're single women, not even in marriages, they're in relationships, but um, don't have children. And it's not a better than worse than it's just different. And I've been craving this conversation. And so I wasn't sure we were, I thought we we're going to talk about social media. So to sit here with a fellow mom and woman and dive into this conversation and hold ourselves accountable to it feels really good. It was good for my soul. So thank you. Thank you so much. Ah, I really feel that. And I feel like that's why I do the work I do because it's yeah. like, 
I didn't have that. And so I want to be that voice of honesty and just being real about what this is, because when we know what it is, we can really enjoy it and amplify it. My best friend, I have this like ongoing, are you even a mom if? And it's like, we'll just check in, you know, depending on how our night went. Like, are you even a mom if you didn't like stay up all night catching vomit in your hands of your toddler, you know? Because it's just, it's so ridiculous. All the things we go to on a daily basis and to be with other people that understand that is really healing. Yes. Amen. It's so good. And what a gift we have. And this is the thing, like it's the, I get to, if I could Mm -hmm, leave with any message and just bring something forward again for all of us. It's like, we get to do this. We get to, we get to, when we prayed for this and we asked for this, Mm -hmm. we signed up for this and there's other women out there who are praying for this and don't have this in their lives. And so we have to remember, it's kind of like water. I often think about that. There's people right now who have to walk miles to get fresh water if they even can. And I can turn a tap on and just fill my cup up and sure we can say, oh, but it has chlorine in it. And okay. Oh, fine. We can pick it apart. Same with parenting. We can pick it apart, but we have this This is a part of the blessing of our day. And sometimes we need to be reminded. We just need to be reminded that we asked for this. We signed up for this. We were blessed with this. We were gifted with these beautiful children or one child or whatever that looks like for you. And and it is such a privilege if we really start looking at it that way. Mm, Yes. Such a privilege. Thank you. That really is a beautiful way to end. That just beamed my heart open. Hmm. So thank you for all that you are and all that you share. And I'm so excited and honored to have you on the show and we'll have to come back maybe like once, once a year, twice a year, we'll circle (laughs) back. (laughs) So great. I could jam out on this all the time. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Mm